You are listening to Original Remake. This is a podcast where we discuss and compare original film and its remake. Or sometimes films with similar concepts, because just like Hollywood, we are that unoriginal. So this being a movie podcast, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Welcome back to another episode of Original Remake. Uh, this is uh, your original two host uh, for the first time in a bit of a... We've been quarantining. We've we've done some episodes, I guess, but uh, the Robin Williams to my Nathan Lane, Michael. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Am I hairier than you? I don't know. We we both have facial hair, so I, I, I definitely yes. do not. But you can have grow the chest yours. Hair. If you, you shaved now, you you uh-huh. grow that same length back tomorrow. Like I, I would take about uh, ten weeks to grow. I, I'm just saying, I'm no Robin Williams. I am not the the man that he was as far as the body hair. I have come nowhere close, which I think. My wife is thankful for. I think. Yes, yes. he, I'm he not. is. Uh, he's quite something. Nobody can be Robin Williams other than Robin Williams. Um, I don't even know if I introduced myself. I'm Peter, by the way. If anybody's tuning in for the first time, uh, we take an original movie and its remake, and we kind of compare the two. However, we have discussed a, a bit of a change in format. We're going to try something different, probably on the next episode. We'll see next two episodes, maybe. But here we're talk. Uh, we're going to talk about La Cage of Faux. You know what? I took French. Oh, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> I took I French, have and I think I might have butchered it. La cage à faux. Folly? Folly? I'm that... not even sure. I don't the, know. The thing is, I feel like I had learned Spanish a little bit better post-high school, even though I took four years of French. Um, but anyway, that is the original movie. This one directed by Edouard Malinaro. Uh, I, I believe this is both a, an Italian and a French production, um, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Um, it is based on the French play by Jean Poiré. Uh, that's what I'm guessing there. And it stars, Sounds good. You like that? That's, I like that. You like Poirés? Is that uh, <laughs> your cup of wine? <laughs> your glass of wine? I, I unfortunately have not developed a uh, much of a palate for, for wine. I am... Pretty basic uh, Kentucky guy. I didn't introduce myself. I'm from Kentucky. Yeah, I'm Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like bourbon and I like beer. Uh, but my wife has tried to get me into wine, and no, I haven't. Haven't yet. What about yourself, Peter? Uh, I'm not a wine guy. I, I do like me some true All crime, right. though. So I, I, I know that the tune usually mixes well. That's um, true. You know, maybe maybe a nice celebratory dinner of sorts with the wife. Perhaps I would have a glass. Um, you know, anniversaries, birthdays, something like that. Uh, we would maybe get a pitcher of something to drink or maybe a glass of wine each. You know, so it really depends. I'm really afraid that we are... Uh, Do the chocolate. <laughs> chocolate? You can talk me into that. I'm afraid we're coming across as like the uh, the Gene Hackman type in this. Like, oh, could be. <laughs> no <could> class. Be. <laughs> really abrasive. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, the, your, your two leads here, we have... Um, Ugo Tagnazzi, uh, who plays Renato Baldi, who is the uh, the Robin Williams character in, in in this version of the original movie, and then also the Nathan Lane equivalent would be yeah Michel Saralt. How dare you steal my my thunder? You're introducing my cast members, the ones I can pronounce. 
Uh, I actually feel <laughs> like I am the Nathan Lane to your Robin Williams now. I feel, I'm going to throw a temper tantrum here. Uh, you know, I'm going to fling myself on the bed uh, and have all the attention uh, on me as it should be on yes. this this podcast. Yes, yes. Um, are, are you are you done with the the, the names that I cannot pronounce? Because I, I can't cor- correct you on any of this. I I'm done with the names, but you know uh, the the stories are very similar, very much beat by beat. But it is about a gay couple um, who won. Uh, who I, I I believe they both own the the the, the nightclub, right? The, I, I feel one's a performer and one might be more of the owner. I don't remember now. I, I watched these probably a couple months ago, and uh, I know there's a key scene in the remake uh, yes. where uh, there is some, uh, I guess, financial obligations made to one another they that uh, there's there's a grand gesture there's a hey i'm gonna beat you a punch there's a podcast i do yes there you go already (laughs) already with the uh with the shameless plugs uh where on that podcast uh we we sometimes focus on romantic comedies because you can find a lot of grand gestures in there but uh, I, i don't think this one will be labeled a pure romantic comedy i think it leans more just broad comedy uh, but yeah, there is a romantic gesture where, at least in the uh, the Birdcage, the American remake, the Robin Williams character makes a point of uh, of tying both of them uh, together financially, and I guess with property, like saying, you know, my life is your life, and it's, it's a very yeah. very sweet moment. Um, all right, en- enough of your your snooty French version. Let's- I, I, I was on I was on the Titanic episode of the uh, Grand Gesture. Just throwing it out. That was a Just really good episode. I remember you had a bit about axe swinging. That's that's okay. my only memory of that conversation because someone gave feedback uh, oh. about how you would handle yourself <laughs> on a sinking ship and uh, how me would handle uh, yeah, myself. You. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. interesting. Uh, it was very positive. I, I would be there with you. If I had to have a partner on a sinking ship, it would be with Asian Warren Beatty, <laughs> and I would be uh, Kentucky Robin Williams, apparently. Uh, listen to our Heaven Can Wait episode for, for that reference. Now, uh, so, so you're telling me that somebody sent in some positive feedback to your show about me, and you never passed that on until now? <laughs> I just took it like, hey, I produced the show. I hosted it. I edited it. It may have been his thought, okay. but I, I brought it to the world. Okay, so all right. I took it as a compliment to me. I, I think I did that right. All right. No, no, I must uh, listen. <laughs> you, I, you know, this, this isn't the first time this has happened. Like, I remember when um, – uh, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting Jason's last name, but uh, he – once listened to an episode of Original Remix, like, oh, Peter sounds like a nice guy. And I think I found out like way after that you just casually mentioned it, <laughs> probably on a recording. <laughs> I, I have to – look, I called you Asian Warm Beatty, so I have to keep your ego somewhat in check. Okay. So I just – I dole those out when I feel like you need a little pick-me-up. Like, hey, someone liked something you said I three years ago. I too can throw myself on the bed and have a hand drum. All right, carry uh, on yes. with, you know, with the – with the American version here. The dumb American will now introduce the dumb American version, although that's unfair because I think most people listening to this uh, probably discovered this story. If they you know, have seen this with the American version, uh, it was directed by Mike Nichols, who I suppose is most famous for The Graduate, which was uh, almost 30 years before the release of The Birdcage. Um, he also did Closer. Did you ever see that one? Natalie Portman, Jude Law. Uh, gosh, have I? I'm familiar with the movie and the title. I'm not sure. Was it 2008 Wolf? or something? Uh, closer was like 2004, or three oh, somewhere in there. Wolf with Jack Nicholson. 
Michelle Pfeiffer? That one, I feel like I saw it when it first came out. Can I make a request here? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to pimp out Pod Saljak before you can oh, three wow. or four times. That, that is a I first. think oh, Wolf would be a good episode for Pod Saljak. I would okay. like to see that one discussed on there. Okay. All right. Uh, done. Because uh, Mariano is a big fan of Michelle Pfeiffer, I just learned. That that will please him, then, I think. <laughs> yes. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. But it fits with what we were trying to do with Birdcage in that, you know, Jack Nicholson, werewolf story, very hairy dude. You know, we're just going to keep that keep that running. So okay. then is on he? that episode, you can promote oh, this episode of Original Remake. And it's Talking just the, the snake that eats itself. Yes. Okay. Birdcage, uh, we've already introduced, or Peter did, our two leads. In this case, Robin Williams plays Armand, uh, who is the man that has had uh, a child uh, outside of the relationship he has with Nathan Lane. And that's kind of what gets the ball rolling when his son comes home and says, hey, I'm getting married. In this case, it's to Allie McBeal. And yeah. So weird to see her so young and playing an 18-year-old. I, I don't know how old she was in um, this movie. This isn't that far off, though, from Allie McBeal. So it's like she had to be playing way younger than what she actually was, right? Because Allie McBeal is just like two years after this, maybe even a year. I don't recall. I, I remember the show, but I never watched it. And I've already mentioned Gene Hackman, unfortunately saying that uh, Peter and myself were coming across as kind of abrasive with our, our lack of uh, standards when it comes to wine drinking. He is the uh, the politician, the senator here. I can't remember what it, the original is, the, the, the politician that is under duress and a bit of controversy. He's, um, but, uh, on Wikipedia, it just says that uh, they are ultra-conservative. doesn't say what his actual job is. is. Yeah, but yeah, they're, both, they're both conservative and they're yeah. uptight. Yes. And uh, the, the kids know it. So in both versions, I would say in the original, the son seems – he actually seems younger like than uh, – the one we get in the birdcage, he looks younger. He looks like someone that's like just out of high school and maybe entering college. In the birdcage, they look like grad students. They look like they're mid twenties or later. Yeah, getting they're ready supposed to, settle to be down. twenty. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's got a five o'clock shadow. He looks thirty, really. <laughs> this is the part where we judge <laughs> how yes. people look on the show. Uh, I think we're both Nathan Lane, is what we're saying, or maybe Hank Azaria. There's a new one I haven't mentioned yet. Hank Azaria is. Playing a combo character in the remake. He's playing both the, I guess, assistant to Nathan Lane and also the butler of the house, which I read that uh, they did have, I think they had David Allen Greer was originally going to play the butler. And they thought by making this set, uh, in this case in Florida, but bring it to America, that maybe it wouldn't be the wisest thing to have a black butler in a mid-90s comedy in America. So they just combine those two and have Hank Azaria kind of play both roles here. Okay, I, I can kind of see that. Uh, I never looked it up, but do we know what background Hank Azaria comes from? Oh, as far as his... Uh, yeah, heritage and stuff? Uh, he is someone that... Uh, it says like here he, that he is from Queens, New York. Um, oh, so I don't, oh. <laughs> I do not, do, do not know okay, what his uh, family history. White, sure, <laughs> um, but he he's the the one that uh, you know when the uh, the Simpsons had that controversy as far as Apu uh, as far right. as representing um, you know small business owners of of Indian descent uh, in in America that it's uh, very. Um, 
very tropey and kind of offensive, especially now. He, but he, I will give him credit. He was one saying that, yeah, he probably shouldn't voice that character now. And they should, you know, they should actually make him more three dimensional and give it to uh, an actor of Indian descent. Yeah. Uh, so he is on record that, but uh, he's definitely not Indian. <laughs> and I don't know if he's got any Guatemalan in his family lineage, which is what the character is in the birdcage. Yeah, I, I, I doubt it. It looks like uh, his family comes from Greece. Um, ancestors had been expelled from Spain following the. Alhambra decree. I'm not sure what that is. I will say he can do a lot of voices. He's Chief Wiggums. He's Mo the bartender on Simpsons. So he's definitely a guy that, uh, you know, he, he can throw on, at least for uh, comedic stylings, he can throw on an accent. And so I understand why he would be playing a part like this. Sure. He was on Friends as a scientist. Um, great body. He's always known for that body, right? And and he does a lot of voice. Shocking. Stuff. Yeah. It is shocking to see. Uh, did you ever see uh, Long Came Polly? With Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston. Gosh, I'm mixing. Uh, you know what? I don't know if I've seen the entire movie. So he's he's in there pretty early on when Ben Stiller gets married. I believe he's on his honeymoon with Deborah Messing. Okay. And uh, he's he's not American again. He's doing an accent. I don't know where it is, but he's the tour guide of like a like an expedition for scuba diving on the beach mm. and there he is again with his giant pecs and muscles and, <laughs> and no, you were gonna say that <laughs> no and no pecs. <laughs> no body hair again it, it, to me it's just a little off-putting because it's not like an action star i'm like this is a guy known for his comedy why is he in such great shape all the time what, he's what is the, he doing uh, he's the original chris pratt right this is before like marvel came uh, along he, he's yeah he's been doing this all himself and uh i, I think it's like it's a joke it's like oh hank hank is there let's get him without his shirt you know we know that's a thing we don't get enough of it i've had enough of it you have you okay <laughs> you want more hair i you know what i do <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's, it's like it provides a little more uh, more of a barrier between me and him. He doesn't feel like he's uh, attacking me because there's still like some <laughs> some cover up going on, even if it is body hair. Mm. Okay, All right. I'm saying if Robin Duly Williams noted. is coming to give me a hug or Hank Azaria, I'm taking Robin Williams. I okay. think that it would feel more cozy. Well, it's also Robin and Williams. Us. He's everybody's. Uh, you know, he was like our dad growing up, right? Watched all his movies. And he's always wearing a permanent sweater, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not in Hook. <laughs> you know, Hook's one we could do, right? We've not Have we done Hook for this show? I don't think so. Not for this show, but I've done it for Postagic. There we go. There we go. So let's let's get into, you know, our thoughts on Birdcage. I, okay. I had seen the remake probably a couple times when I was younger. Like I saw it. I don't think I saw it when I was in theaters, but I'm pretty sure I saw it on video. And... uh I think I'd watch it maybe again 10 years after that. And so it's like almost like a almost uh, once every decade. Like, hey, I've not seen The Birdcage in a while. And this is one you threatened. I don't know if threatened someone. Uh-huh. But you, you, had, <laughs> <laughs> you had said, hey, we got to do Birdcage. And it, it had come up before. And, you know, what had stopped us from recording was I thought, uh, I got to watch the French version then. And I just was never that enthused. And now I feel kind of bad because there's nothing wrong with the original in my eyes. But the only thing wrong with it was that I was exposed to the birdcage first. And so as I'm watching it, I'm just imagining Robin Williams and Nathan Lane right. saying the same lines. Yeah, It was hard to get away from because they're so close. And that's no fault of the original because obviously it came first. But the birdcage is like etched in my mind. This is going to be a really bad comparison because I am not trying to compare birdcage with the remake of another movie. But 
uh, it was similar to our review of Psycho. You know, it's um, beat by beat, and it's kind of like, for me, I think I saw the original first, you know, and then uh, then we did the remakes. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, the, the original was so good. Why why make the remake? But that was the, the concept of the show. You know, we questioned that. Um, but, yeah, no no fault of the, the uh, remake, I feel, with the exception of, like, a few um direct you know directions from Gus Van Zandt like i if the original psycho didn't exist i think the the 1999 one would have been just fine yeah it comes down to a preference on actors at that point i don't know if i ever shared this bit of news with you but the cobra kai costume designer also worked on psycho oh the 98 version yeah oh yeah 98 version my apologies yeah. i was, was going to say like otherwise it's uh that person would be quite up there in age if they'd worked he, on he's older he's older <laughs> But not um, quite old enough to be working on the 1960 version. No, no, no. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, the remake. The remake. No, I said 99 at first. I thought that's what you were correcting me on. But yes, not the original. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I commissioned him to make me a mask, and that's you know you might have seen the picture of me wearing the Karate Kid headband as a mask. So um, when I was researching to interview him, I was like, holy shit, that was one, like one of his early projects was working on that movie. Yeah, I, I, now that now I need to get the uh, contact information so I can commission him to make like a, a Norman Bates like jacket or something, <laughs> or an Ed Gein like you know you just want to commission a face. <laughs> okay. That that is disturbing. That's <laughs> well, your Psycho is not that far off. That well, that's cool because uh, the one thing I liked about Psycho, and I guess it kind of relates to uh, Birdcage, uh, bright okay. colors, bright okay, costumes. Sure. Okay, like that's, okay, you have some pretty uh, over the top, which. It makes sense more so, I guess, for the birdcage in that uh, you are focused on a nightclub owner and the lead star performer of drag shows. So you're going to have <laughs> definitely some things for the son uh, in kind of some awkward moments, uh, kind of asking his father, can you kind of tone this down a little bit? And I liked both versions where there's <laughs> there's a strong emphasis on uh, phallic symbols all mm, throughout yes. the house. And yeah. – uh, I think, I think this is again just where I prefer Robin Williams, and like his version of agitated, can kind of lean into his normal zany humor, and uh, the other one is uh, I think you can say that the original plays it far more grounded. They play it like the situation's high concept, but the the their version of the characters is more realistic or more like someone that's not trying to do comedy. They just are in a comedic situation. Yes, that that's exactly it, um, and that's what I was kind of um, you know thinking while I was watching that movie. I was all like, "Wait a minute, now this is supposed to be a comedy," and you're exactly right. Like they, it's a very comedic situation they're in, but it plays so dramatic too. Because I was just like, "Why am I not laughing?" <laughs> you know, and it, it, it had nothing to do with the performances of the actors. Because um, this is actually a pretty well received movie. The uh, actually both movies really um, did not hold up. Well, in terms of like the son Val in particular, he's an ass. He is. He's a huge. <laughs> Very ass. much so. Um, yeah. And they try to redeem his character at the end, which probably worked for that time. You know, towards the end of the movie, which is actually one of the uh, bigger differences uh, in, in the two movies. But um, I felt, speaking as a parent, hopefully, I mean, if Val had grown up with uh, Armand, like in in uh, Albi, Albi. Right. Yeah. Um, Albert. Some, yeah. Albert. Albert. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up with those two, I felt like he, you know, who cares what? Uh, I'm trying to get the name straight here because, like, I'm thinking of Flockhart Callista. Is that? 
Yeah, that's Ally McBeal. That's yeah, Barb, see, like Barbara I almost called him McBeal, and like there's all these names just <laughs> running through my head. Everyone's so known. I like for that you're on else. that. Uh, you have like a Jim and Pam from the Office type relationship with Ally McBeal that you just call her like Beasley. You just call her McBeal. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find. Oh, I'm on H- Hank Azaria's page. That's why I couldn't find the damn names. Of course you are. You're, yes. you're looking for those along came Polly pictures. That yeah, I was yeah, about. that the hairless, uh, hairless, shirtless Hank. Um, yeah, Barbara, Barbara. Yeah, who cares what her parents think? Like, you know, he should have been accepting of the relationship that of uh, Armand and uh, Albert this entire time that, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it makes for a good story and stuff like that. But like, now I'm just questioning things like, really, he seems to be embarrassed. But I, I have to kind of remember that you know, what, late 90s here, it's still, not a lot of people were really coming out yet. Yeah, and that's that's something going to uh, the original coming out in the late 70s, you talk about it being groundbreaking and that you... Very taboo. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's our two lead characters are, are gay men, and anyone who's coming across negative are the people, you know, uh, like one when we were talking about doing like a new setup type thing, I think this one takes its cues uh, from like, guess who's coming to dinner uh, mm-hmm, from, yeah. I think the late sixties, uh, where, yeah. where it's, uh, which actually that is a remake. That was remade. Yeah, we just haven't done Ashton, it yet. So Ashton Kutcher, Bernie Mac. Whew, I, you know, I've not seen either one, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I would never have guessed like, Hey, if they do a remake of guess who's coming to dinner, Ashton Kutcher is going to be the main star. would not, not have had that in the uh, Sydney Poitier role. Yeah, no. that's yeah. They, they uh, gender not not gender. Uh, yeah, race reversal there. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I don't watch that because I do. I did like uh, Bernie Mac, who I believe passed away. Right? I think he did. He did. This is, like, you know, this he was is like just fifty a years old. Did uh, let me. This has nothing to do with the movie specifically, but does when you watch these Robin Williams, you know, I think Birdcage does kind of qualify as a classic now because we are like. We're just so damn old, <laughs> Peter. That this is, you know, we're this has almost reached the twenty-five year mark. So, yeah, uh, it could very well be a podstalgic episode. There's another plug next yeah. year when it hits that number. Sure, um, but there is a certain degree of sadness now um, because I think he was so cherished by uh, you know worldwide, just as a pop culture icon of comedy. That when I watch some of these things, there's that tinge of sadness, like knowing that I'm not going to get more Robin Williams performances. Yeah, I feel that it's been so long since his passing. Sometimes I f- forget that, like when I'm watching a performance, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. especially if it's a movie I love, I just kind of get immersed into the movie and, and um, a lot of his uh, roles are very iconic. So I, I kind of forget that. But when it's been a while, um, but when you go to a movie, for example, like World's Greatest Dad, then you can't help but like think about everything that had happened. I watched you know. uh, Dead Poet Society about a month ago, and oh, that one hit yeah. pretty hard too. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So have, then there's uh, ones like that. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I I was trying to think of something else um, that I, I I liked like prominently about the because I just favor the remake, as I said, maybe just because it's what I discovered first. Um, They're both good. I've, Do you want to laugh? You you watch the remake. You know, if you just if you want to appreciate like a you know a French comedy that's played a little bit more grounded, check you know, it's worth that's checking a, okay. out. Okay, I actually I think I liked the um, would you call it like the the attempt to like uh, sort of butch up 
the the that the Albi character because you you have you know it's like a training sequence in both. Uh, I think I liked the setup more in the original uh, where you know the, the, there's the reference to to John Wayne, um, but. I think I think this is the one time I disliked it being Robin Williams is sometimes he goes into like he drifts out of the character and he just starts doing his like Robin, Robin Williams, Williams yeah, kind of Jim Carrey yeah 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 exactly and that that was one element though even though I came to the original second I liked how that same sequence played out more just because it just felt like legitimately like the character <laughs> trying to help but knowing this is not going to work like you that's one thing I really like about the the Alvy character is. He's authentic. He is who he is. Like yeah. he can't. He oh and he has a like good the, heart. The pinky, the pinky scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh I love. And Nathan Lane is so great in he that. Is. Both both actors are great. But Nathan Lane, when he comes out in the suit and like crosses his legs and then is like admonished for the socks and he's like, "Can I just have like the one thing? Can we just you're like, <laughs> like you're not even gonna give me that?" Like Nathan Lane so is good. like truly great here. And this was probably the first time I remember seeing. Nathan Lane. I know in the like mid nineties he started getting far more comedic parts, but I don't know like if I'd Timon seen him in anything also, before. You know, he voices Timon. Um and he played a similar cameo character in like uh Austin Powers Gold Member. Where he's I don't also in drag. It's when um you know, Austin Powers goes back to the seventies, meets Beyonce, and when we first see Beyonce, Nathan Lane is the one who's communicating with Austin Powers for her. And so like hindsight watching this, be like, oh I wonder if there was like any inspiration because of that that character that Nathan Lane played. But I think because, you know, kind of like you mentioned, like in the 90s when Nathan Lane does start, you know, becoming bigger, wasn't he in The Producers? I, I, that's not one that I saw. Another possible future uh, another, original another, remake yeah, episode. Yeah, there you go. There you go. The, <laughs> the, the hits are just coming. Um, good hits anyway. But um, for me, I think not knowing the two leads in the original kind of helped me out when the uh, that – version of albert uh Al, who's albin that's that's how that's why i keep messing it up albie is actually albin instead of albert uh so albin when he dresses up as a woman i i kind of believe that a little bit more because in the remake you're just like that's nathan lane in a wig <laughs> you know right okay it's, yeah it's just you know he's just he's so good though it, I, I can't imagine casting an unknown that can also pull that off. Like, I mean, maybe that would work, but it's just like you get Nathan Lane because it's Nathan Lane also. Like, he did an amazing job. But it was also so distracting because I'm just like, man, Nathan Lane is so good <laughs> right now too. And the dynamic in that sequence that he has was this conservative blowhard who is <laughs> totally smitten with this, like, you know, I guess you would say, like, middle American values, like, conservative I like woman. I kind of yeah. like the Gene Hackman version better. <laughs> yeah. Because he's just yeah. so, so oblivious uh, to everything, and he's just falling for <laughs> Nathan Lane's charm. I guess and defensive too, like when yeah. he feels yeah. like the husband is picking on her. Like you know, <laughs> you leave her alone. Like, <laughs> oh. um, I, my wife, she will. She had a problem with the remake as far as the look of the place. She thought that hmm. maybe the. Uh, you know, the, the, the in-laws, I guess, future in-laws coming here. Uh, Diane Weist, uh, is playing the, the mother slash, you know, the wife to the, the Hackman character. She felt like they were too oblivious to be believed as far as the look of the place being like this, like weird, it almost right. looks like a funeral parlor or something. It's very gothic looking where they've got a little curtains. Bit. Yeah. She, that was the only thing that, uh, and she didn't watch the original. Uh, with me, but she—that was her one thing about the birdcage, which she had also seen before. 
Well, the, the other thing is like, um, you know, I, I mentioned at the top of the show that, uh, you know, even the original is based on the French play. Both movies, you can tell that it's a play. It, it's very, you know, one location for the most part. Um, People coming in and out of yeah. that one source set. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, like, you know, to to what she's saying, um, the, there's that one point where freaking Robin Williams looks down and Hank Azaria again is without shoes and he, like, s- steps on the feet. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, the, they're completely missing all of these clues. And, and then mm-hmm. they have the audacity to be like, there's something strange going on here. Like, hold, you, you've not been paying attention. So, I but yet again, Hackman just thinks that uh, you know <laughs> it's the poor <laughs> wife that's being abused or something here. Um, did you uh, did you like the you know the the change to uh, We Are Family uh, being the sort of uh, you know the the music the the sort of Americanization of of that um, using a song that I think at that point in '96 uh, everyone kind of knows and has become, I think, kind of goofy, kind of a, a joke to use in that particular situation with the Hackman character and, and drag being let out of the the, uh, the party. Yeah, I, I feel like that song and also like It's Raining Men are like synonymous with, you know, gays and, and drag and stuff like that. Um, I think Boat Trip also did it with Cuba Gooding Jr., same kind of thing. He dresses up. Was that a remake? Or we did we finally stop? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think we stopped. I think we stopped. But I recall it's been so long since I've seen that movie. I saw it in the theater, and that was the last time I saw it. But I feel like he dresses up in drag in that as well. There's a love interest. Um, and then it is revealed that he's actually a man at some point. Yeah, I think there's a, a musical number at one point where they're singing It's Raining Men. But I'm sure that concept, it, it could be... Inspired from many movies like that where, you know, other men dress dress in drag. Like, He's My Girl, you know, an 80s movie where Terrence C. Carter? No, what's his name? He played Milo from Saved by the Bell. That's Terrence outside Carter, of my yeah. wheelhouse. Anyway, yeah, yeah. He, I just he looked up, up Boat Trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not seeing anything about uh, it being a remake, but uh, this paragraph on the Wikipedia entry says, Many viewed the film as homophobic. Uh, although Probably a reviewer right. from The Advocate wrote that the film was too terrible to protest. So don't, don't even bother. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. With a lot of other movies, too. You know, you know the, the character that, it, um, that surprised me the most upon watching was Catherine from the, uh, for, for the remake version played by Christine Baranski, which I feel has made a few appearances here on original remake. Has movies. No, I thought, I I thought so. you had a list of you know welcoming new listeners to some of our classic <laughs> hits. <laughs> oh sure, I'm just uh, I feel. Let me see. I know. Okay, Mamiya. Bad moms. We did a bad moms episode. Did we? I don't think <laughs> maybe that was I us. did. You did. <laughs> I, I feel like you did. Um, I'm sorry. I, okay, I, you know what it was? I did cruel intentions. Oh, uh, she was in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. We we did that one. There, we finally found an episode where you and I did not cheat on the other. Right, right, right. <laughs> with a guest. Okay. Listen yeah. to that one. See, there you go. That was a good one. That was, that was a fun one. Um, you did Cruel Intentions without me? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's, and, that's and, poor form. And I, I even – oh, that's that's a line from Hook. Poor form. Coming soon. After <laughs> this feed. <laughs> after reviewing the movie, we, you know, we get a glimpse of Ryan Phillippe's butt. In the uh, in the pool scene, I remember that. Yes. Yeah, and then I tweeted at him and asked him if that was him or a body double. He goes, "Of course, it's me." <laughs> I like that. Well, you know, he wants the credit as yeah. he should. He's like, yeah. "That's that's my butt, of course, absolutely." I I'm going to say uh, the diehard listeners 
that I may have to remake that episode. You may you may cruel, get a cruel new digits? cruel okay. cruel digits because I like that and dangerously Asians. I like I like that both those movies. I feel there was a movie reboot actually with Sarah Michelle Gellar that might be a continuation. I feel because that was some you know some things that I kind of came across while preparing for for that episode. So you, you're not wrong. That actually may be uh, an upcoming episode. So we'll see. This has been the episode where we talk about all the things we're going to talk about. <laughs> and things that we have previously done. <laughs> and then we've forgotten we've done them, so we might as well just do them, do them again. Okay. Why not? Well, you know, we'll, we'll kind of um, uh, get ready to wrap up here. I like them both. I do like them both. I like the kids better in the original movie. I think uh, Callista... McBeal. McBeal, McBeal, she she is so like known for so many other things now. It's hard for me to separate her and her character in the remake. You know, like I've seen her in Supergirl, and I knew her as Mrs. Ford. Was she ever married to Harrison Ford, or are they just dated? I think so. I think you're right. I think they're still together. I don't know. Oh, well, well uh, good for them then if they are, because that's that's been um, they've been together for a long time then. Um, I, I, I'm not uh, familiar with the Val uh, character who's played by Futterman. I, I'm, I'm forgetting his uh, name here. His IMDb, uh, he's known t- – two of his top four, he's known as a producer. So I don't think he's – he didn't stick primarily with just being an actor. So he's he's done some other stuff I'm okay well. with that. That's, that's a good choice <laughs> on him. Uh, <laughs> it, could, it could be it could be the, his character too, the way it was written. I, I was not a fan of one Val Goldman. Um, ugh. Anyway, I, I do like the other one, Remy Laurent. Now, that, that sounds like a cognac I can, I can get behind. Absolutely. Normally, I'm the I'm the one that sounds like the alcoholic, and I'm like, man, P- Peter sounds like he he wants a drink. He he yeah. opened with comparing it to wine, and you know that I, I you don't know, dear listener, but I'm on Skype with him, and it looks like he just reached for something as if he's expecting <laughs> <laughs> alcohol yeah. to be well, near well, him. Well, it's a it's a monster drink that that I was reaching for, <laughs> but I I have been drinking a, l- a little bit more as of late. Uh, quarantine does things to people, apparently. I'm just trying to keep this original remake ship going. I had a nice warm glass of milk last night as I waited <laughs> you know for Peter to come home to get on Skype with me. <laughs> That's the, is, that, is that an old person thing? Is that, you're drinking milk or you're just trying to combat my alcoholism? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to balance the force sure, between sure, us sure. on the show. Yeah, uh, We have uh, done Star Wars. I think we did that one a couple of times. Yeah, we don't need to do fortress, that one again. The, the the fortress, right? Isn't that what it was called? The hidden fortress. Yeah, yeah hidden fortress. Hope. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I think we even did a Force Awakens uh, and a New Hope on that one. You know, the Star Wars community makes me never want to talk about Star Wars again. So I, I doubt oh, that'll yeah. pop back up. No, sure. I've um, seen it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. Like the, I think the main difference uh, is I probably just prefer Hank Azaria. Uh, that that. Combining the character, I am really glad that they didn't go with a black butler, especially in 1996. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think don't the, have – I think the end of uh, of the, the remake, I I had a lot of fun. I thought that was a lot of fun because in the original, you see them dressing up the other father. Mm, his name is – was it Simon? Was that sound right? Sim- Simon, um, Simone, S- Simone. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. It, it, I mean, it becomes Simone, you know, at the end of the movie. But we we see his makeover, which is fine. You know, th- th- this is like you know, back in seventy eight, 
Yeah, seventy eight. So you know the 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 way things are cut and edited it is very different now. I just love the whole like boom. We just cut straight to the nightclub. Gene Hackman in drag, trying to dance and sing along, and it's just it's a lot of fun. A little bit of cha- you know chaos there with all the the uh, photographers and all that. So again, like this movie is very beat by beat. Um, I just I think that what I like the most about the original are the kids uh, is really it, and also how it's um, Armand that is it Armand I'm mixing up the names now Renato Renato he's the one who's like no this is his mother Albin's his real mother you know in that that whole thing so that's the biggest difference in the two movies really is that reveal yeah yeah there's, I mean otherwise. It's, I, I like when you brought up uh, Psycho. It's going to be like a preference and maybe an updated time period, yeah. um, which is a little uh, probably not as effective in Psycho because uh, you know times didn't feel like it was set in the modern era, other than right. Julian Moore's Walkman that she, she oh, really yeah. liked to have in every scene. About that, um, this one, you know, I, I do like the the Florida aspect of it. I, I like yeah. I, I like the look of the movie. You know, something that was interesting. Um, I didn't brought this up, but I was just kind of reading little like factoids uh, about this, and um, I, I mentioned Mike Nichols being you know famous for for some classics like The Graduate, uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Uh, he had not had a hit; he was kind of on the Hollywood outs, and this becoming such a success, um, you know, this became like a very like precious thing to him that he's like it was kind of like an athlete who like comes back uh, and he's like I've still got it, like I've yeah. still you know I've still got something left in the tank. And Paul Thomas Anderson, which among like cinephiles is like held in extremely high regard. He might be like, you know, as far as a modern filmmaker still working, um, you know, one of the, the top three highest mm, okay. uh, says this. I can't remember the other film, but he says this is one of two movies that if he stumbles across on TV, he has to finish it. He has to watch it. The Birdcage saying one of his favorite just like as far as just pure entertainment movies and I guess pure rewatchability. Uh, which I was happy to hear because you don't you usually hear, you know, kind of. I'm not saying Paul Thomas Anderson himself is snooty, but he makes very, um, you know, letterbox or film Twitter style movies. And so hearing him uh, just heap praise on the Birdcage was was really cool. And it was really cool to hear that the uh, the director of The Graduate, uh, you know, sees this as one of his proudest achievements in in film. So there's a there's a lot of uh, I guess big time directors that really uh, respect. Uh, the birdcage, including the one, the man who made it. Yeah, I really quite enjoyed it too. As long as I can just get past the Val character, um, just you know, <laughs> you, I, I, you, <laughs> you hate the Val character so much that you're happy that this man doesn't seem to be acting that much hey, anymore. <laughs> you, you know what it is? Like I feel that Armand and uh, Albert are such great parents. Like, what the fuck happened to Val? <laughs> what, school, what schools did he go to? What kind of crowd did he hang out with? It, it is a good. Good point. Um, I I don't know. Like I, it's one of the areas of the film where I certainly think maybe with um, you know the gay culture that maybe it's more broadly accepted now. I mean, we we have a whole other issue as far as race relations, which don't seem to have improved uh, as far as especially with uh, policing. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it was difficult for me to put my head back in that, but I. I you know, you're right. It makes a lot more sense, I think, in the late 70s version for the kid to – and a kid that seems younger to say, hey, yeah, I don't know if they're going to be cool with this. 
But yeah, in the mid '90s, it does make you disrespect Val and McBeal a whole lot more that they don't have <laughs> backbone. Because what, what is what is <laughs> what is the long term plan of the McBeal family? Right. Yeah, like eventually. What are holidays going to be like? Like it, it is. You're asking your your two, you know, father figures to say, uh, "We're going to keep you completely secret and sort of severed from our our when we have children and have Christmases. Like everything has to be uh, isolated to this, you know, gaudy place in Florida that has a lot of dicks on the wall." Yeah, yeah. I I don't know uh, if I made my case there saying that you should have family Christmases with all the dicks on the wall, but. I like to believe in a world like that. And Hank Azaria with his heaving bosoms running around, too. Speaking of bosoms, what about that uh, little statuette that's inside the nook in in the original one? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Um, Yeah, I I, I do like the – I like both movies. Um, The original clearly was a a big hit and spawned off two sequels. And uh, basically they appeared to be some sort of like uh, misadventures – of uh renato and uh albin so that's that sounds like a lot of fun that these two characters were probably uh beloved enough that people wanted to see them in other situations that could be just as comical i think i believe i read that this is still like the i think it's just outside the top 10 like the 11th uh most financially successful foreign film of all time still Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so yeah this this thing uh you know it left its uh um, it's uh, print all over pop culture, so that is that is cool, and it's I, I guess it's also cool to say that the dumb Americans didn't totally <laughs> fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly it. So, uh, good job all around. Both both movies uh, thoroughly enjoyed. Um, good job to us, Peter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and one last thing here, like I'm looking at the the theatrical release poster of uh, the Birdcage, and it's funny. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know how many times I've seen this particular poster, but when Gene Hackman came on screen, I was surprised. Like he's in this. I was. I'm just impressed by Diane Weiss. Like her shoulder pads. She looks like she's about to run right through Hackman. Just completely. Yeah. yeah she's got like a linebacker build here with that that get up that they've got her in. Check out our episode of Longest Yard. So uh, if you want to follow us on social media, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Original Remake. Thanks, everybody, for checking out this episode. And all the other ones we mentioned. <laughs> I hope you had a list. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time.